Okay, last call. Order now before I turn on the lights and you really see what's going on with yourself. Somebody searched him out. Somebody searched him out. It was like on some Chicago, like, oh, I know a kid that is. Is that where he's from? Is he from Chicago? He's from Chicago. He's from the suburbs outside Chicago. Uh, and, um, the good side. He was making T-shirts in college, like graphic tees or whatever, selling them downtown and stuff like that. Right. But he was doing them on like a very artsy, kind of how he does now. And somebody just recognized like, oh, yo, he's nasty. And then either Don C or somebody was like, yo, we need you to try. And Kanye said, I really like what this guy does. I guess after a couple of conversations, he right. went on tour with him. And he started designing tour merch, and he, he started designing more. He definitely I mean, works yeah, hard he now. He doesn't though. sleep. He works harder than a lot of people. He doesn't sleep. I can say that. I mean, well, I, I don't know personally, but you can tell that he's always. Because I mean, own. there are a lot of people that get put on the same way he got put on, but they rely on their contacts to keep them afloat. It's one thing getting put on because of your contacts. It's another thing keeping the mo- momentum going and building on that with right. your own hard work and talent. I mean, even um, I, I did a deep dive on this Tumblr just because like. I got I get lost in like the the, the crowd noise the white for, noise for, the for those listen we talking about uh, Virgil Abloh but go ahead yeah he just got appointed uh, artistic director for Louis Vuitton Men's oh yeah wear. I saw that incredible that was, that's cool. first yeah, black first black him, designer man. ever to yeah. have that role at and that's, I figured I didn't even have to research <laughs> <laughs> well, it must the, be the first black the company, one the company LVMH <laughs> uh, has only had I think two well three if you count. Um, Olivier from Balmain, but only have had three major black designers. One of them was this dude, um, Oswald Boateng. He was the menswear designer at Givenchy in the late 90s. Right. Sick black guy from London or whatever. But yeah, I mean, Virgil got on through that, through the Kanye Connect. And yeah, I mean, you're right. People do rely on, and also, like I said, I went, I did a deep dive of his Tumblr because I, I just noticed people were just like, they didn't really seem informed about things. They just were talking about. People just don't but, like I mean, what he's connected to. to like he's connected to. He's closely connected to like the, the Kardashian, that kind of like the hype machine or whatever. And right. yeah, but these guys kind of built the hype machine, really, like from the first Yeezys, mm. who he was on. He was on a design team for. So like, he's been doing this for a long time, and people because he has and he's good at what he does. I mean, it's undeniable. The product. Yeah, I mean, like so. dudes got on his products right now. Product, like, yeah, I mean. Not even me trying to be biased about it. Yeah. I'm just, as somebody who creates things and looks up to people who actually have like pure senses of inspiration, I can get when people get mad because he's not like the most pure of anything that he does. So people are like, "Oh, he shouldn't get that kind of praise for that." But like, that's just how this. But works. you know what? It, it it goes back to being able to be more than what what you're labeled to be, right? Because. There are a lot of people like Instagram. We were talking about Instagram comedians the other day. A lot of stand-ups and traditional comedians that came up the traditional way, they're mad at these Instagram comedians that are becoming huge and famous and getting commercial deals or movie deals. When in reality, these dudes are just working in a different way than what people have been used to for the past 25, 30 years and or whatever. And faster and more aggressive. Yeah, mm. and nobody should be mad at that. What you should do is try and people. take a leaf out of their book and evolve your own right. game to learn how you can get... It's it's, you know it's I mean? like Blockbuster being mad at Netflix, at Netflix for jumping on and getting ahead of the curve. I mean, that's that's progression. That's how those that win keep winning is seeing the curve and trying to be ahead of it. Um, if you ever watch the Jimmy Iovine special that was on HBO, like that was always his thing is being ahead of the curve. As soon as he saw, as soon as Napster hit, he said, oh, this the CD industry, the music industry is dead. 
is dead. It's it's moving on to streaming. It's what's next from that. And moving on from headphones and he was from earphones just being mad, just pluggy with it and not and not it not being evolving. He was like, we have to evolve this game and there's an opportunity for it. So seeing the opportunity and being able to jump ahead of the curve and be ahead in front of everybody Maybe, else. Yeah, just being able to hear it out. Right. Because I think that was Dre. Dre said something to him, or he said he told Dre, and then Dre was like, "All right, I'm." Gonna no, no, he said Dre, you're gonna make you're gonna make headphones, and Dre was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Yeah, no, no, headphones, yeah, headphones." But, but um, now, like, but even just to kind of like close that circle, like, yeah. even on the d- deep dive I did of Virgil's Tumblr, like from 2010, he was talking about uh, career two, already on number three, looking at four. This is eight years ago. Right. This is graduation. That's foresight. They're about to no. This is they're about to drop uh, my beautiful dark in the runaway film, and he's talking. You're talking about the height of creativity at that at that time, and he was looking already looking at runways, already looking at con- like different types of ways to produce mediums, and already doing these things. Like he he did a T-shirt for Colette, which is the store that was in Paris that closed now. Did a T-shirt like I said eight years ago. Like eight years ago, like a lot of us were just getting our bearing. I know I can remember where I was at in 2010. I mean, I was still looking at these guys, but like, come on, like where people are now, that accessibility and, and the way to fake that you know something about something is like at an all time high now. Yeah. So like stuff like this always will get just like diluted and run through the motor because people are upset, jealous, envious. Like you don't have to watch it. Like you could like actually easily unfollow, but yeah. everybody named Mom wearing off white, so I guess it'll get you mad. Facts. Um, what's going on, folks? My name's Ken. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And you listen to the Last Call podcast. Um, we have a real special edition um, today. I'll let our guest go ahead and, and introduce herself, and then we'll get to in the interactiveness that we're about to get into. Go ahead, Miss Nikki. Introduce yourself. Um, my name is Nikki. I am a chef and event curator in New York City. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm of Haitian descent. Hey. Uh, classically. As so Nick tried to, Nick tried to. Um, Sacquasse you a little bit earlier. Does, does that <laughs> is, sound does, too right? Yeah. Is that like the 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 uh, I guess the generic remark when everybody hears you say, "Oh, you're a Haitian." Um, oh, Sacquasse. Yeah. People, does that get on your nerves a little bit? It doesn't. It you doesn't, can say it. Does. You can say it. it. Does, <laughs> no, it doesn't until I meet like a white person like at work like if I have a head wrap on or something and some people will be like that's so cute like where are you from and, right. I, and I'll be like oh I'm from Haiti and they're like so do you know this author like you have to like <laughs> read him and I'm just like great but I've also like um m- like immigrated here since I was when I was 12 okay um, like I always like was coming here like on and off because my dad and family lived here. Sure. But like when I was twelve, some shit went down, and my parents were like, "Okay, we kind of like you, so you're gonna be here permanently because uh-huh. um, we don't want to lose you." So yeah. I've been here ever since, and um, I went to school in Connecticut, and then from there, like I kind of like New England, and didn't really like wasn't really introduced to like my peoples uh-huh so <laughs> you here now <laughs> i continued on to um johnson and wales and then hey what, rhode island rhode island okay but uh, what year did you graduate johnson and wales 2015 that was the school i was okay. gonna go to yeah. I, was, I, was, I was looking at johnson i mean no it's, it's it was it was either it was rhode island and miami it's good for the people that like know what they want to do right. like if you're going in and you're like 
I don't quite know what I want to do. Da, da, da. Like, cause we, there's a lot of majors, but like, if you're, if you're like me, like I'm very like analytical in a way, like I, when I was going in, I was like, I'm going in for culinary. It's going to be like a double major with like food entrepreneurship. And then I'm going to like, like I like researched market and I'm like, and I'm going to like throw in like wellness and sustainability okay. and that will make me like really marketable to like employers. Um, and I also had to convince my mother that, you know, I was not throwing away like <laughs> 12 years of education. Uh huh. <laughs> um, uh huh. Yeah, because, you know, it's a Haitian mother and I think she still expects me to like be a lawyer or something doctor. and or doctor. And I'm working on that. Like, I'm in the process of getting my master's. Mm-hmm. And So, how'd you get into culinary? Is my question. How did I get into culinary? I went to a private school in Connecticut and. They had a restaurant and you could opt to learn and operate a business. They had a restaurant. They had like they were changing their program, sort of like rebranding the school. They mm. were like a blue ribbon school and they're like, all right, we need to step up our game because things are going non-traditional. So they had everything from like a language lab to things like this. And you picked what you wanted. Right. So instead of like your little like. Um, crappy electives that other not crappy but like you know like other schools like that did not that did not have resources you know had like arts and crafts and stuff like they were just like okay you guys are running a business like every Thursday and Friday okay and throughout the week it's your job to like build a menu like research test it do all that and I kind of like fell in love with it I don't know why Um, and then that summer like I came to New York started working at like a fine dining restaurant because that's what I thought I wanted to do mm-hmm. and worked in the kitchen back there. That was a lot of crying. So I like, I want to get into that because like I, I know chefs personally that have been yeah. in the industry, like sous chefs, head chefs. Yeah. So like I, I've heard some stories from them. So, yeah. so we're, and especially in like the, Hell's Kitchen, literally, not just in the section of Z, but yeah. the kitchen can be Hell's Kitchen, right? Um, especially, yeah, it can be very Hell's stressful. Kitchen. It's very stressful, especially for women. I remember, like, I was laughing at something someone said one day, like, and I was like doing prep or something, and then the chef came over and he's like, "Focus, like, there's Ugh. no laughing in this kitchen," and I was like, "Okay." So there's no laughing in this. Yeah, kitchen. I hate there's that. No, like, there's like, like that. Like oh, he's like focus, be serious. It's like, like um, Gordon no Ramsay. Right, so it's like, an authority. It's an authoritarian system. Yeah, and especially system if you're like kitchen. a 16 year old like girl that's just very like impressionable, and you're just you're trying to do good, and you know like you're trying to like build a name for yourself. Did, essentially, did and, you did you find that a lot of people? In the in the food industry in the kitchen, like a lot of people are on drugs, like cocaine. Uh, hell's yeah! Like yeah. I go to work every day. Like I'm going on a detox. Like and I don't even work in the kitchen. Kitchen. I work like in the front of the house or I work events or whatever. But I go to work every day, especially like Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. And I'm like, I'm going on a detox. I'm not drinking tonight. And then like by seven o'clock, I'm like, is it too early to like take a shot? Yeah. Like, where is it? Like, I, so I used to be a waiter at the Outback. <laughs> yeah. And up to today, the Outback Steakhouse is honestly, corporate. it was my favorite, but being a waiter was my yeah. favorite job to this day because I got to meet a lot of cool people yeah. and just a lot of dope things happen in a, in a workplace like that. You became really close with the staff. Um, yeah. I opened a place that I am in now. Like, so I'm part of the opening team and that's like 
that's very big being part like I've opened like people keep calling me a masochist but I keep because I keep <laughs> opening restaurants and it, it's not I just like it like I've opened like three four restaurants now mm-hmm. wow. um, in the city f- yeah in the city okay. since like from being in college and people just keep recommending me they're like oh yeah you should have this girl like on your opening team she's insane but okay. like she'll get shit done for you which one was the most stressful um i would say the soul house one is the most stressful. soul house which one um chaconis and dumbo it's a hot mess it's oh you're there right house. now no i'm not there right oh, okay now. Fuck no. <laughs> um yeah like i'm at freehand right now which is part of um if you've been yeah, it's in it's, brooklyn right it's in no 23rd and lex okay and but they have their the original is like they're supposed to be like the millennials hotel mm. so the original is supposed to be in miami it's like the in the, like the art district like near the art district Winwood. when yeah. yeah 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 um and then they have like this really cool bar in there it's like james beard award-winning um broken shaker so like and oh, then bro- oh were, broken shaker that's yeah. my favorite bar in miami yeah so like if you've been there, so, oh, that, that hotel. That oh, hotel is, so I ate at that restaurant. You ate at the restaurant, yeah, on, and you like the yeah. vibes, right? Like the, the pool vibe the, was yeah. dope. So it's like, like very, it almost feels like you're in the Caribbean in a mm-hmm. in a weird way. So Miami's the original, and then Sadell came in and was just like, "We love this, and let's recreate it." So they did it in Chicago, and now New York's going to be the headquarters. And honestly, like, it's been two months, and I don't really want to like jinx it, like knock on wood, but like. I fucking love it. I like, okay. love my team, and I'm like I the restaurant the hotel partnered up with this restaurant group that I had like been following for a while called Joseph Leonard, um, like Happy Cooking, and they the first restaurant that they owned was like Joseph Leonard, and that's in the West Village. And if you ever go, they're like tiny, tiny restaurants, but like the vibe is just so dope. Like the people are dope. Like they wear their own fucking clothes. Like the food's good, um, the cocktails are good, and everyone's just like personable. And I and it was sort of like when I got asked to like work there and my friend was like you should fucking go interview and like they'll, they'll totally hire mm. you because I was trying to leave So House I was just stressed and I was like I don't want to wear a suit anymore like that ugh. looks like a stressful job like, <laughs> like all the waiters there they're not, none of friendly yeah, that's oh, true yeah like, like I only true. know maybe like two or three very friendly uh, bartenders um, in Dumbo? No, the Soho House in Meatpacking. Okay. I haven't been you to You should Chaconis go to the one in yet. Dumbo like, and then check it out. And so see I heard the food, though, at Chaconis is delicious. Is that a fact? Or um, everything's. Yeah. Okay. Every, like, there's things for. There's different things for everybody. Okay. So it, it's Italian. It's Italian. I mean, food. You can't go wrong with Italian. Oh, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> I've had some terrible Italian. So speaking food. On, speaking on that, like, what is your favorite cuisine? Because I've heard, um, I've sat and watched, like, French, Italian, and Spanish folks bicker back and forth about which cuisine I is better. I am classically trained. I am French influenced. French influenced. My dad was, you know, French. So, um, I would say French food. French food. And then, like, okay. I love Haitian food because that's my people's, and I've been like. So in this like journey in my career, I've just sort of been like diving into um, discovering more of us in the kitchen. Because if you go into a fine dining restaurant, like the, the restaurant I'm working at now is like not fine dining. It's like very like low key, but like um, the restaurant downstairs is fine dining, but the company itself is very um, diverse. So what? So so before you get into that, what would you what would you say separates fine dining from regular dining? Like, what is the is there any specifications? Um, the service style, 
Uh, like there's thing like maybe the music, the atmosphere, ambiance, yeah, ambiance, yeah, candlelit, candlelit, yeah. But like that's that definition itself is changing because food critics are changing it. Like um, the top fives in New York, you know, that were like fine dining that everybody respected. Like they're losing stars and they're kind of scared. Like Perse lost a star. Um, Danielle lost a star. Eleven Madison, like they just they they just like um, renovated last summer, and I was so jealous of their staff because they all got to like go and work the pop up in Hamptons and mm-hmm. like live in a <laughs> fucking mansion for three months. <laughs> like, That's awesome. That didn't sound bad. Yeah. Didn't sound like bad. <laughs> um, and also like the amount of money you're dropping, like those those like fine dining guys, like like Del Posto, like those people, like are almost becoming kind of maybe irrelevant because people are doing fucking pop-ups mm-hmm. with like the same amount of like skill and money and t- not money that skill talent and like less resources right. and do like opening shit in like their fucking basement like this and cu- like in killing it and like bringing people in like 15 people at like $300 a head and mm. like it's very like relaxed environment and not as stuffy and there's like not waiters like so like even the definition itself of fine dining is changing but like fine dining is basically like there's more attention to detail gotcha. like you know what I mean like there's um if you've ever been to Danny Meyer restaurant like all his restaurants are supposed to be like fine dining but like he doesn't like that he likes like oh it's supposed to be approachable. It's supposed to be like with steps of fine dining. So the same way that I would set you up, like my hands are not in your face. Like when I'm like pouring your water, you know what I mean? Like I am dressed, like I can eloquently speak about like the wine, like I'm educated about my menu items, like those steps, like um, having worked, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, having worked like front of the house at a fine dining restaurant, it's like you make a lot of money. Like I'm I'm talking like, $2,000 $2,000 like a, a night? week like a oh, week like okay. um, dep- you know what like I mean? that's off tips um, that's off tips because like wow. anybody that comes in like before you even sit down like the bill is already like $2,000 like right. or like $200 oh, yeah so like, like the hostesses at Del Frisco's or somewhere like that they're um, making Del Frisco's is a chain so like Del Posto okay. like their tasting menu before you even sit down is like I think is up to like two thirty now. The eight course. Are you familiar with Jeremy Ford? Uh, no. So he has a restaurant in Miami called Stubborn Seed, mm-hmm. and it has that same vibe that you're. T- it's like a really relaxed vibe when you yeah. get in there. You can dress casual as yeah. casual as you want, but I did the tasting menu there, and I think it was like two twenty five. Yeah, and, and then you have to tip on that two twenty five, and then you get water. But it was totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was most the most delicious food that I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And the, the presentation of the food was so... I, I didn't even... There was one dish that I got. I think it was a tuna tartare dish. I didn't want to touch it because I was like, yo, this is art. <laughs> it's literally it's like somebody painted yeah, it on my plate. To, you're supposed to get that feeling. That's the feeling mm-hmm. we want you to get. You're supposed to just... It's supposed to be an experience. Can you, so exp- you might want pizza afterwards, but it's supposed hunger, to be... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, small plates. Um... <laughs> But like it's supposed to be an experience, and I, that's what I loved about it. I love the fact that I was putting on a show, and I love the fact that like, and I love the part that I love about fine dining was that I didn't really have to like chat with you. Mm. I could just like it was a very because again like I'm 
kind of stiff sometimes. So it's, it was very like professional. Not with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very like you know what I mean. Like it's very professional, and everybody that goes in there like knows what they want, and right. and you just sort of guide them. But the thing with going to a fine dining restaurant is also like taking yourself out of your comfort zone. Like you're not supposed to be comfortable, mm-hmm. and the chef is supposed to try like is the chefs like work really hard like to not to catch you off guard you know mm-hmm. what i mean like keep you on your toes um yeah keep you on your toes like the goal for me this year is to finally go to linea i was supposed to go last year but my best friend bailed whatever we're not, gonna, we're not gonna talk about you <laughs> but you know who you are um, could, could, yeah could you explain um, like uh so when you get a plate of food Say you get a plate with there. There's meat. There's carb. Whatever. There are a whole bunch of different little things. Mm-hmm. I had growing up. I had always been used to tasting food individually. Like I would have a piece of chicken. Then I would have some potatoes. Then I'd have this. Then I'd have that. But is it true that you're supposed to take a little bit of everything on your fork and eat it at one time, or how does that work? Like when a chef designs a plate, I, how do you intend for people to eat it? I don't believe in like telling people how to eat my food. You eat it however How you, want? you want to just like i you know what i mean like in a because the styles have changed like the classical style was like the 80s when like the parsley was like around the rim of the fucking plate right, and right. like shit was separated in five different things and food was like this high and then it got simpler and then people started doing like super sciencey stuff which is super cool mm. but i'm also like a like I'm like a I'm super traditional and I love that like I respect those people like I respect like um Grant Ackett's like he's like my favorite like I'm fucking like I stand for him like you know what I mean and I'm gonna go to his restaurant and drop like a thousand dollars and then cry about it but um but at the same time I'm just like you're supposed to eat it the way you're supposed to experience it and it's just think about it like this way like if you go to a restaurant like that you're you know you're there for an experience so you're gonna try to like have different experiences with the plate before like it leaves you might you might see something interesting and just be like "Ooh, i'm gonna try this first and then after that you're just like all right let me try a little bit of everything like and it's just and you're like oh okay that worked better that way and then like you try like just one piece because you find it like okay wait what you got this asparagus to be like completely transparent like let me mm-hmm. let me taste like how it tastes like how that oh wait you infuse like this watermelon with like um like peppers and simple syrup and like you have you got it to like have this little square to have like the, all this flavor like all right i want to see like how you did it because if um talking from like a cook or like a chef's perspective it's like oh i've had that and i've made it let me see like it's like the competitive nature like how are you doing it you know what i mean like like is this working with it like you know i'll i'll start out by tasting the different like different components of things and then like just build on from there so it's supposed to be your experience Do, do you ever get offended if you make something and the person you cooked for was like, oh, I'm going to put some ketchup on this or I'm going to put some hot sauce on this. Like, No, because I ask for hot sauce everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Um, ketchup, yes. Um, but I believe if I like, I don't know. Like, I don't really get offended. Like, there's things that I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. I get, I get that. But, but you I, like- I get offended when people are like, 
substitute this, substitute that, substitute that. No, 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 no. Like, are you, are you allergic? Just tell me about your allergy mm-hmm. and I'll take care of that. But don't come in and like try to remake my entire fucking dish. Right. Because you're fucking me over. Um, <laughs> but I don't work in the kitchen anymore. And even though I'm in like in the front of the house, I'm always just like, yeah, I know you can't have your burger. Like, right. Do you miss kitchen? <laughs> um, I don't miss a professional kitchen. I like I I'm like I work, I still work in the kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. I R and D. That's how I keep my skills up. Hey, you know, um, like that, and that I still do like private parties, dinner parties, and okay. stuff. Like that's how I keep it fresh, and I keep myself relevant, and I keep the amount of money I spent in school <laughs> for culinary school <laughs> relevant. Um, so I. But do I miss the kitchen? Yeah. Not really. Right. The kitchen, I've never heard any chef actually say that the kitchen is an enjoyable place. Like, um, it's some people like, enjoy it. No, there are, I know some people enjoy it, too. Some but, people enjoy it. What you talking about? I'm talking about, like, head chefs that, you know, they're the ones. Well, they're, the one, they're not the ones being, right. they're like granted, the top granted, of the food chain. So we're talking about guys that put in 90, yeah. 100 hours worth of work a week. But it's like, because it's just become their dedication, yeah. right? So they just fall in love with the craft. Not only that, but of course you have your delegations of uh, responsibilities yeah, and priorities. Yeah, but when you become a head chef, you cook less. Right. So It's like, more like delegation. Yeah, it's the sous delegating. chef cooks the most, right? The sous chef doesn't, probably doesn't cook that much either. Oh. Like... It's like it's a lot of administrative stuff right. that you have to deal right. with. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like what the people say about doctors. Like, doctors don't do much work. It's the nurses. Yeah, but now, people that, like, love cooking and love the craft, like, all those, like, Momofuku and, like, JG, hey, they all I'm have, just like... just talking about David Chang the other day. <laughs> yesterday, because he's Ugly Delicious is the show that he does. Yeah. And while he might be a boring, yet. like person i'm a nerdy he nerd. has a huge temper see really he's, he's angry, like apparently yeah. working on it but like he just <laughs> yeah well dave hasn't noticed it so apparently <laughs> I mean, is, uh, he listen he's a super mild man on the tv show right. like it's more so the what she's talking about is working working uh the work you saw the sands on the uh the moment he opened up in um in vegas um no i haven't seen that but like his restaurant itself they have like an r&d t- a kitchen in there now so like all the big chefs now they're like once they get like popular and popping and like you're in food and wine and like you're being invited to this and you're at the aspen show and you're in this show and they're just like you know what like the all the ones that want to keep cooking are just like i'm doing r&d like i'm opening up an r&d kitchen in my in my kitchen and that's where i'll be like I got mm-hmm. like I have a GM, I have an executive chef, like y'all deal with that. I put in my work already, like you you do you. Mm. Um but like fans of chefs, you guys notice what you want to notice. Right. It's like anything. I mean, but like they're, so, not, they're not trying to promote that. I'm sure if I can Google his name and like incidences I could find. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was just trying to look at his 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 uh, credibility or his, his uh, accreditations because I didn't um, know I found out about I, I mean of course I know what Momofuku is like and I'm very familiar with those restaurants but as far as like actually like the fried chicken at Mapesh is like see like bomb but like I didn't know that, that, that he was that guy that that was him until yeah. I started watching the show and I was like oh shit yeah. like, and he's like a young he's a semi young guy too so it's like for him to catch that kind of success, I mean, really off the backs I of mean, like the New York Times he, guy, like really liking him a lot and writing true. favorable articles from the first restaurant 
that like when he first went he got horrible reviews guy came back like a couple months later and he was like oh my god this is just a fusion of something great that nobody has ever seen <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was Korean food that like America turned down for years yeah. kimchi then, like, like, <laughs> like Korean street it's food kimchi yeah, it's disgusting it was Korean street food that America like turned our nose up on for years just again a- like we're talking about like that, that brings us to like trends you know like I, I saw this quote and it was basically like um, ghetto until proven fashionable. Yeah, yeah. Trendy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> somebody wore a shirt. Yeah. Somebody, was yeah. it you? No, nah, it was. Oh, it was it Jules. Was. Jules had on that shirt yesterday. No, nah, that was a different shirt. But I, the shirt you're talking about, I've seen. I posted it on my on my Insta snap. Yeah. This girl, this lady, she has a company out in L. A. She wore a t shirt. She wore because she wore Famu sweatpants. Mm-hmm. She's not from Famu, and I was like, who is this girl? I, I saw the ghetto until proven fashionable yeah. or whatever, which is. I mean, what we're going through in that scene from braids to barrettes mm-hmm. to rubber bands to high gloss, um, um, lip gloss or whatever, like yeah. but like the super shiny shit that people was wearing with the lip liner like from yeah. the mid-90s and all of the ways that like Mexican and black True. girls are wearing stuff is now seen like super fashionable, slick back ponytails, baby hairs. like all I that know, I go on YouTube and it's like, do your hair this way. Um, it's same with like the f- it's same with like the food industry. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like people like fried get- chicken is hot now. Like everybody fried chicken makes is fried hot. chicken. Like everybody's trying to go to Africa because suddenly they're like, oh, like these ingredients came from no duh. Like I remember I saw an article uh, about a year ago about the beef patty. And it was a New York Times article and they dressed yeah, up they dressed yeah, up a beef patty, um, having it uh with a dipping sauce on the side. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, don't have your beef What are y'all doing? Y'all gentrifying beef patties. Gentrifying beef patties. The headline man. said something like, oh, the days of the New York style pizza are over. There's a new player in Wave town. In town yeah. I'm like, dog, the beef patty's <laughs> been around longer than y'all been writing. Like, you could go to the Bronx and get a beef patty in the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. Cocoa bread and cheese. Uh, they did the same thing with goat. I've never had cocoa bread. Yeah, goat. Um, also, like bone marrow was like a thing that was. I really love big. bone marrow. I love goat bone marrow too. But like, I was sitting like on my grandma's like floor, <laughs> like in yeah. her in her like kitchen eating bone marrow, chewing up chicken bones, eating yeah, the bone marrow out the chicken. You would tell people oh, about it, and they're like, "Um, ew, that's, that's not disgusting." Cla- yeah, that's not classic. Like the bone marrow but from like, like oxtail. Like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. What I mean. like, uh, <laughs> Well, all right. So while we're all moving <laughs> and uh, getting our minds going, um, we love guests that bring us, you know, come bearing gifts. Um, so we have some stuff laid out on the table. Before we dive into that, you want to break down what you have um, prepared for us? Yeah. So like I said, this is like all stuff I'm testing for like um, a pop up that I have coming up. Date TBD. Okay. Um, and then we'll see. Okay. So Where can we a- find out? The pop-up date location. Do uh, you have a social media? Yeah. Okay. At Epicurious Safari. Follow me. I need to build my following. <laughs> Two Forgi- S's in you, the yeah. yeah. Epicurious and Safari. Yeah. Forgive me. I am. We'll post it up on. We'll put. Posting. We'll put it up on the link too. Okay. So. Um. But yeah. So we have a shrimp and scallop ceviche, hey. and then we have um, a cucumber and citrus salad. With some like fresh watercress and mint in there, 
and just like grapefruit and or like mandarin oranges so sounds like amazing and bitter and cooling so that'll work very well for the summer months i think hey for like a brunch if i get like when i get hired for one of those um and then we have some duck wings that I'm testing. It's a duck new wings. recipe. <laughs> That's what the girl where, where does one find duck wings? Chinatown, homie. Ooh. Chinatown, homes. You can literally get or anything your butcher. in Chinatown. Yes, Asian or your butcher. Yeah, like anything that I can't find at Whole Foods All right. or Trader Joe's All or at Flatbush. Mm-hmm. Like, Being a chef, are you open? are you open to trying any type of food like i've always been one of those inquisitive eaters yeah ever since i was a kid i i would eat the fish eyeballs out of a fried fish yeah i love goat head soup i love at chicken feet all of that Aww. um are there any things that you wouldn't eat snake alligator i tried alligator Ugh. it's not Just bad reptiles in general okay and then there's like this one there's this one dish. I think it's like illegal in a lot of countries. It's like this egg, right? They cover your head oh. with it and you crack it and then you have to like suck it and it's like still a The semi- embryo, right? Yeah, the embryo of- Vietnamese I'm- people eat that a lot. Fuck no. No, 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 no. Like- that's, yeah, that's a little <laughs> Yeah. And there's, um, I mean, like my last year of um, culinary school was like, it's like my thesis year. So I had to do a lot of pop-ups and different sections had different things. So like, I had to try a lot of different stuff. So there's stuff that I didn't think I would try, but then I ended up trying it. Like, Did you like um, it? Like natto. It's like this fermented like soybean um, from like Japan, I think. And oh, I think I saw. Yeah, and it's like it looks like it looks. Yeah. Snotty. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, the, it's, the, it's the only way I can put it. Like, not to offend any of, like, any of her. Yeah, yeah. Not sorry like, to offend them. Uh, all right. Um, so, you, like, you're pulling it, and it's, like, slurp, like it's oh, dripping through. Mm. And it, so, like, that was interesting. I, I, so, I went to Thailand yeah. a year ago, and some of the things that I tried in Thailand, I was surprised at myself mm-hmm. to be that daring. But yeah. then some things that I thought I would try out there... I just couldn't do. Yeah. Like, for instance, I had frog. I had ground up frog <laughs> out there and it was delicious. It was yeah. like Thai basil uh, frog. But mm-hmm. then my taxi driver, he pulled over on the side of the road and he ran out the taxi in excitement because there was this dude with a big uh, assortment of different insects and grubs and things of that nature. And no they had sex. Um, so I tried crickets the be, other day. Yeah, crickets. They were delicious. Big in like the sustainable food world and I go to like this food talk round table at NYU it's just basically like different people um, every month and they bring in like their products and they're like talking about like how to make the world more sustainable and save planet earth mm-hmm. and um, eating roaches and crickets is not it for me so We're that's yeah supposedly if, if, if you uh, if, if more humans eat insects then we could save the earth yeah. Because cows are destroying the atmosphere. I cows mean, are destroying the ozone layer, supposedly. The cow... Okay. Capital, capitalism is destroying the earth. If you farm the same way you were farming, and if you... You know, like, if animal production stays the same or, like, is in the way that it was in the same way it was, like, in 1930 or 1950, and we're not, like trying like having these cows breed and breed and breed and breed and breed and we're doing it the proper way that we're supposed to do it then everything's okay because honestly gluten 
my fave. Like, <laughs> like besides that, bread, like, what is gluten? Um, it's like, just, like what? What? Well, a better question pro- is what is what? What? It's what? Like the wheat protein. Like, got it. Yeah. Okay. So like, it's in bread. It's in farro. It's in like a bunch of your grains. So basically, it's like. So what is the thing called that? Uh, for instance, if you if you were to eat like um, cow foot or one of those things, the gluey stuff in but what is that considered? Uh, what's the? What's is it collagen or something? The, um, it is. It is that, but I can't. Fi- I, I can't figure out the English word for it. Okay, because um, my grandma. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, so in the old school preparation of things, like if you're doing like. If you're one of those people that love shows, like food shows, mm-hmm. um, they do aspic, and like aspic is with the um, cow feet, and that's how you get like the gelatin in there. So it's that's what gelatin. gelatin. That's yeah. what my grandma would call it, gelatin. Uh, yeah. So it's like the gelatin, but there's another like more like formal cooking word for it. But like all those are like old school cooking preparations mm-hmm. that require a lot of like technique. Um, and then you would just like lay that out, and then put your herbs in there, and then your presentation on top or you could do a bunch of various different things cool yeah so how um how likely are you to ever get back in the kitchen i know you said you didn't miss it but do you think you're gonna ultimately have your own restaurant one day or like what what do you want to do next with your uh with your chefing um right now i want to stay freelance and private um and then i just want to like I don't know. Is that a, a thing? That's to say? cool. Like I'm conf- like it's not. I don't know. It's like um, oh yeah. And then there's like a I took like a classic like um, wait. Like, uh, b- before you go on, I just want to introduce your your dish. So if you could just let yeah, us so know what we're looking at. Cucumber watercress salad with some heirloom tomatoes okay. and fresh mint. This would be the duck wing, I'm supposing. Yeah, if it looks like a wing, it's the duck wing. And what are these fried? Um, this I took like the I'm like testing out like a beignet situation right now. Oh, um, so it's like a crab and shrimp beignet, and I, wish, I took. Like, I wish they could smell how this smells right now. <laughs> this smells so good. And and it's I took a classic preparation for like um, a gougere or like a patachou, which is how we make our beignets in Haiti. Like a banana beignet is made with like that preparation. Okay. So um, it's basically taking milk, butter, um, flour, salt, and then like mixing that and beating it heavily, and then taking off the taking off the heat and then beating eggs into it, and then from the eggs you add cheese or like in. If you're doing the banana one, you would add bananas. But instead of that, I did crab, chives, um, some cayenne, and then shrimp. So, um, I I like it. I like it. To, it has good flavor, but I like I'm I'm still working on it. I I need it to be different. Like I need it to be like to my specific. <laughs> the way I see it in my in my okay. mind and the way I assume presentations going. I need to now, are you one of those? You, before you go into that, what is the sauce right here? Um, this is a sambal and like duck jus sauce. Okay, so it goes over the duck wings. Um, it goes over it. Maybe just try it first because it's one of the and like that's the thing with R and D because I like I go through a process of like oh this is gonna be bomb and then I go it's basically being like an entrepreneur where you're like you wake up Sunday and you're like I'm winning and then two 
minutes later, you're like, maybe not. <laughs> like, do we need to mix it up or anything? Um, just stir it. Yeah. It smells really good. What What's in it? Tell us what's in um, the aju. So a sambal, and then I took the like the like the juice from like the duck wings, the drippings, and stuff. yeah, the drippings yeah. and stuff, and then like, um, put that in there, and then some onions, and right, then some sambal is like just pepper sauce. Um, this Asian there's, pepper sauce. So there, there is pepper sauce. Yeah, there is pepper sauce. Um, it might need, it needs a little sweetness and like some lime juice in there. It's just like gravy with no flour. There, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So like your juice are always gonna be like that. Um, me? Oh, okay. You don't have to. I mean, it's like, you guys eat. So, first. are you one of those chefs that don't like to eat your own food? Or? Uh, it's not that. By the time it's done, I have already amazing. tried it fifteen that sauce times. Can <laughs> some of that sauce please excuse Kenny's plating skills um yeah I thought about like plating them I thought about plating a couple and then just having it and then I was like my plates did not come in time because I'm ordering new stuff for my blog which right. is coming soon hey um yeah so Ty here um so whatever you don't whatever you don't want I'm gonna you know um, dabble into yeah you should definitely have some I'm very proud of you for having a table and like plates and spoons do we have to put anything over the salad or does it is, no okay. it's already dressed awesome so just tell me what you think so that's like the citrus grapefruit um, okay I'm gonna dressing. try the salad first yeah with watercress so it should be like a little peppery cool and juicy oh my god the tomatoes are amazing now I'm not even fronting, <laughs> and I'm not even trying to be nice. Yeah, but this is a good. I damn got salad. skills. I know. Like you got skills. I'm hella cocky about it. I've never, it. <laughs> I've never had a salad with. I've never had water crust. Yeah. And I do taste the peppery. Yeah. Uh, the little peppery taste, but yeah. the thing that I really liked was that the uh, the tangerine or whatever orange yeah. that in there, um, it, it added like this nice little uh, kind of like refreshment, mm-hmm. almost like I had a drink of juice yeah. after the peppery. Yeah, in the summer months, this is all I eat because it'd be too hot in New York to so like, is it, is it, do is, anything. Um, would you say that uh, your food would you pre- would you prefer your food to be paired with like a wine? Are there certain foods that are um, paired with wines? Like are there today, certain- this one, because Dave, you call you texted me and you were like that uh, my like the or, like Kenny or whatever is um, was trying to be um Assam and he wants to bring something and I was just like I didn't quite know cuz at first it was supposed to be like an open faced duck sandwich with like um pickled carrots and pick- and then I couldn't find fucking duck breast and I was like <laughs> middle finger right, right. and then I found duck wings and I was like well duck That'll wings do. testing right. 2 weeks early then um, what white wine would you pair with this? I would, um, I would like, pair with a Chenin Blanc. Yeah, I was going to say a Chenin Blanc, maybe a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, I would do Chenin Blanc. I would do... South African Chenin Blanc, too. Mm, okay. <laughs> what, you're not a fan of South Africa? I love South I, African I like. I love South African wines. Also trying to... Also, guys, I'm trying to be a Sam also. Hey, gang, gang. <laughs> gang, gang. Um, I have my level ones coming up. Level ones? Okay, so yeah. I'm doing level three right now. Oh, I take look my, at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, gang, you never gang. gave us an update on that. I thought you had failed or something, but... <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> thanks, friend. No, uh, I spoke, um, it, no, I spoke it to her because I was like, you know what? She probably still oh, doing it and then ain't saying nothing about it. Got cayenne in there? Um, yeah, a little bit of cayenne. Oh. This like the ceviche is supposed ceviche to be super simple. Incredible. I was like over. I think I te- like in the like in the R and D process. Like I'm sure like you guys are creators. 
when you're creating, you find yourself like overthinking things. Like maybe yeah. I should do this. But then like Coco Chanel is like my favorite designer. Like I'm also very fashionable. Like I'm not one of those like kitchen people that like, you know. Like, so I love fashion. So um, my favorite quote is Sorry, like, before you leave the house. Right <laughs> before you leave the house, take a look in the mirror and like remove like one or two things. Mm-hmm that's the same way I go about creating. So I'll start out with prep. Like I have like a bunch of shit prep. I have like radishes and carrots and all this stuff for like ceviche and then only like three things made it in there. I'm trying my best to stay with you as you're speaking (laughs) because I'm like fully into this plate right now. Like Um, I just bit into one of these... um, but the the beignets. Yeah. What are, they, are they called beignets? I'm calling them a beignet. Okay. A beignet. They, it, beignet I, yeah. I taste the crab. Um, shrimp. What, what else is in that shrimp? Parmesan. Parmesan. Yeah. We have some really good parmesan the, from the Trader Joe's department. Oh my department. god, they got they're good so cheese. good. But in the brownness of the crust, there's almost like a sugary kind of like cupcake feel to it. Um, bit. that's the preparation that I took. So like, Recognize. cookie. It's like a cookie actually. Yeah. It's so like. That's um, the plantain chips are the for the ceviche. Oh. Enjoy, guys. Oh. Um, so like, if you go to New Orleans or whatever, and you have a like a seafood beignet like that, it's mm-hmm. gonna be a little more denser because they mm-hmm. put cornmeal in theirs. Mm. Right. I wanted to go the route of like my people, the oh. way we prepare beignet. Because if you go to Haiti there will be like really really nice ladies in the street doing this like classic preparation but like in a different way because when i came here and i went to new orleans and i was like i want a beignet like wait they're selling beignets and then the beignet was like puffed up and square and i was like what the fuck is this well and then it was and i was like oh wait it's yeasted by the way i went to um what's the famous beignet place in new orleans cafe Cafe Dumont. Dumont. it is so overrated um usually when places become that famous they become overrated so you have to look for like your locals and just be like, yo, what's the spot? Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Because I, I was talking about the best gumbo that I ever had. I told mm. them about the best gumbo I had and it was out of a dude's car that he yeah. made. Yeah. I have a question for you guys though. Like, I definitely have had food experiences that I'm like still talking about. Like, when I was in Providence, I went to um, this restaurant and it's it's like fine dining. If it was in New York, it would be like a Michelin star, but Michelin doesn't come to New York. Uh, oh. Michelin doesn't go to Providence, That's so uh, Michelin. Michelin doesn't come to New York. No, Michelin no, comes no, to New York. It doesn't, doesn't go, go to Providence. Providence. Oh, that miswording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it would be like Michelin star, but like they're like James Beard award winning. And I went to that restaurant, and until this day, I'm still like thinking about the food and the wine and the experience. And it was ninety dollars, well worth it. Wow, <laughs> it was so cheap. That's that like cheap. yeah when you come from new york like you find that like you know um, so you're saying like what are what are your like most memorable? yeah like what what's your best food memory okay because i i definitely have some one one is recently and it's something that i've been to this restaurant Nick. now three times hey, i'm good <laughs> i've been to this restaurant uh three times yeah three times now mm-hmm. um it's called Nope, not saying the name of it. They make Chicago deep dish pizza though. Okay. They make it here. Okay. And I'm, I mean, I'm from the Midwest. I've okay. been to Chicago over twelve times. I've been to. Have you been to Alinea? You should go. Okay. We were talking about fine dining. Yeah. And yes, that's the ultimate experience. But this place is in Soho. I know, like so, but like Soho does carry some like random small restaurants, mm-hmm. and they have a place where basically you can only sit like. 
15 yeah plus the bar which is just those are the spots bruh it take 40 minutes to cook that pizza when i tell you my mom i brought my mom she was here this past weekend <laughs> i took her on friday she yeah. was like my mom's a very tough critic about pizza especially deep dish because everybody wants to do it like how i've never do. had deep dish man I, it's it's an experience <laughs> like none other. I don't know. It's I've just the thing about like the sauce I'll being like overwhelming. I'm not doing it on the air though. It's that small that I don't want that place to be like packed when I want to go up in don't there. Go to Giordano's. It's like, don't don't <laughs> chill out, chill out. That's the classic though. Like you didn't like Giordano's. You also don't. You also don't know anything about Chicago deep dish pizza. Um, but I went to Chicago plenty of times, and I went to a mom and pop spot that was. Real more curated, yeah. And that was like, but, what, that was but like, you also, you, which Giordano's you go to? This turkey wing, this is duck. Don't disrespect, this duck wing is so good. Um, it reminds me so, yeah. You gotta go to Harold's on the on the west side, have a conversation that can't be heard on the microphone. No, yeah. One of the best food experiences I had was in uh Thailand, okay, because the 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 restaurant I went to I found out about it from this spot from this show Bizarre Eats yeah. or whatever it's called with Andrew Zimmern and it's a former soccer player that owns this restaurant mm-hmm. it's called Soi S O E I if you're ever in Bangkok go to it and they change the menu up every single day and they only use what they have yeah. available and there are only about like twelve seats mm-hmm. in the spot and. I became cool with the with the with the staff in the kitchen, so they brought me in the kitchen to show me how they do everything. Yeah, and um, some of the items they didn't have on the menu, and they were like, "Do you want to try this?" Yeah. So one of the things they had was uh, it was fried duck beak. Yeah. And they basically it's, it sounds crazy, but they would open up the beak, mm-hmm. split it in two, and they would fry like the uh, you would eat the cheek yeah. and the tongue and all of that. And it was delicious. And this is reminding me of that right now. This okay. um, this duck wing. Okay. And it tastes amazing. I've never had duck wing before, but I bet y'all had this shit again real soon. This is really good. <laughs> this is really good. Um, food experience. Well, I've been to like vineyards mm-hmm. where they do the whole entire like laid out like food course menu. They have the yeah. one personal chef inside the vineyard. Have you been to French Laundry yet? I have not. I have not. It's an experience. You got there's there's places that I want to go, and you got to go with like. You gotta go with like Ten real people. people. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, no. You can go with like one person, but you gotta go with like the real one, like the homie, the mm-hmm. person that you know is not gonna let you down, the person that you know is gonna like totally open up themselves and experience, to yeah. experience, and not it. just there for the oh we came here let's do something else. Type. Yeah, like yeah. the person that's just like oh I'm just gonna have the right. salad and I guess like I love adventure. Thing in them. Yeah, like I have menu. to marry somebody that's open to eating adventurous food. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so it's just like. All those things, but the, the French laundry is like fucking worth it. The best steak I ever had was that was over in Europe. Yeah, and it was like it was like a creamy mushroom sauce that was put on yeah. top of it, and it's it's still by far the best steak I've ever had. It, it probably was fresh off the cow within like three or four. It days. wasn't. It was, <laughs> it was probably aged for like a couple months and then grilled. The sauce is and spicy. Then a, a lot of butter. It is. Yeah, butter. no, there was definitely a little bit of butter on there. <laughs> now nah, they continuously put the butter on top. Well, that's the best way to do it is as you're cooking it, put the butter over the steak. Um, right. It's called basting. For <laughs> <laughs> for those who are culinary terminologists, and for Dave, that's called basting. Yeah, um, basting is basically like love. Like it's it's like making love to your dish. Like when you're basting a dish, you're just like, all right. 
This is the final step. <coughs> like where is it too spicy for you guys? No, what? I was just telling people yesterday. <coughs> Kenny's over here coughing. Nothing is ever too spicy. Like if my jerk chicken isn't making yeah. my mouth burn, then it's not jerk chicken. I went to this dive bar. It's jerk inspired. In Dumbo. Yeah. And they had jerk wings. And I was like, all right, y'all don't have nachos. Because when I'm in a dive bar, I want nachos. Um, <laughs> and I like to drink with like things like snack yeah. while I drink. That's and <clears throat> this is good drinking food. Oh, hell That's yeah. what I brought. You guys are called The Last Call. And I was like, we're going to make drinking food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you drink? I do drink. You a want lot. some wine? I do want some wine. Kenny, the psalm, did not offer me any. Kenny's a horrible psalm. <laughs> That's why he failed. He didn't want to talk about it. That's why he failed. Uh, yeah. Hashtag make, Kenny it's failed It's really the hard, guys. Don't make fun of him. I've been like putting mine off like every time I have to take it. Like I'm just like, all right, maybe next time. But finally, I'm going to take it. And awesome. we're going to start Yo, Everything process. is so saucy. Like First of all, you guys can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Second of all, choked on a jalapeno. That's what I was calling. Yeah, the peppers in that is not cayenne. It's like um, habanero Mm -hmm. and a little bit of like sliced serrano. Oh my god! Some scallions. And then um, I'm ready to end the show. What was I saying? I saw the green pepper, but I saw that it was smaller. I was like, this is like a... I just want to eat. I don't even want to talk to y'all anymore. Th- thank you for, for like putting it on, because for those that don't know how hard the WSET is, like that shit is not easy at all. Yeah. And the, the, the so level three is multiple choice, mm-hmm. written, and like taste, five, and, and blind, blind tasting. Blind taste. Blind tasting is hard, y'all. Like, I just started... To be honest, like, yeah. blind tasting is the easiest part of the test. No, hell's no. Yeah. Blind tasting is the easiest part of the test. Like, for that lets you know how hard the test is. I know. Blind tasting is the easiest part of the test. I went in thinking the same thing because I I took it once already. I passed the blind tasting, passed multiple choice, did not pass the written. So I have so I don't have to take the blind tasting again because I already passed it. I just have to take um pass the multiple choice and the written again. Yeah, it's hella hard. Like just to drink wine and like just to booze on wine and like recommend things all day to people and to like white men that will probably most likely ask you where's the real song because i've gotten that a couple times and i kind Uh. of i know like a good amount about wine that like i can just like fucking go off my menu and like do things even if i haven't tasted it i'm just like okay this is from like freaking sardinia like you're gonna get your tropical notes because it's you know it's basic fucking geography like the terroir Sun, will ter- dictate. Yeah, terroir, like, it's by the water, so you're going to have, like, a little bit of salinity. You're going to have, like, slight acidity. Yep. Like, you're going to get, like, those, like... Cool climates, going to yeah. be high in acidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warm yeah. climates, going to be big, bold body, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should probably talk to about something that... <coughs> yeah. The rest of the yeah, Um. All right, so so I got some flack this weekend because... Uh, so I just want to say that, like, I want to put that sauce in a cup. And then just There's drink still it. some more left. No, I just want to put it in a cup and drink it. <laughs> you want to drink the sauce? That's my last call. Okay. <laughs> took a shot that's Dave's. Uh, that's Dave Tiffany. Dave, what's your favorite cocktail? Because like I told you guys, like Dave, you know, Dave was pounding back tequila. I was a pounding. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He appreciated the work that we put in into our like batch cocktails, and batch cocktails are usually disappointing. Right. It was really good. Right, and that's the thing is, I was like, okay, and I appreciate that. I appreciate when like my efforts. 
like I like you know what you want to know what my favorite part about being like a chef and like creating is what's that Nick did the way he was getting himself into you guys eating my food and appreciating oh my god I just got a whole second plate that's pretty big that second plate is bigger than the first one they had that's like my favorite that's like compliment to me that's my favorite thing right there like I'm stoked like appreciating my skill and appreciating my cooking like I'm sure like for you guys like if you're like you guys create like your favorite thing would be when somebody like appreciates what you do and what you're putting out there and they're like yo like how much is that like I want that like I want I want to pay for it like I mean you know what I mean like and I've definitely had like some artists that I see and I'm just like I want that how much is that and they're like they tell me I'm just like you know what? Can we do like a layaway situation? Because mm-hmm. I really want that. Want yeah, <laughs> you know, what? like that's compliment to me to like go back for a second plate, and that's my favorite thing. Like appreciating like the work that I put in something, and I was just like, this guy's cool because he really appreciated this like mm-hmm. Manhattan. Because batch cocktails are usually like lackluster. And I usually don't. Well, I didn't have the option to not, and I really <laughs> didn't feel like drinking wine that night. But I usually do not. Do batch cocktails yeah. at an event because I work in what alcohol. Is a batch I work cocktail? alcohol, and I'm like, I know what goes in those batch cocktails. I'm like, I'm so good. Off no, 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 no. What's a batch Quality. cocktail? When you go to an event and there's like, oh, the pre-made cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. like that. They do that because they're. I mean, like, we count the pours per ounce yeah. per bottle per case, <laughs> so like we know how much we get out of it. Now with a batch cocktail, you can cut that in like. About like a quarter, a four, yeah. <laughs> easy. Like yeah, there's liquor in there. Like it's gonna take a lot um, of. For us, no, because we charge you guys by the bottles that we put in there. Because oh, if yeah. it needs to taste good, we're gonna charge. Like we put a whole bottle of amaro, and that's good. Like yeah. infused chili. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're paying for it, fuck yeah. Like I just. I don't do brunch normally because I work in fucking restaurants and brunch is like the bane of my fucking existence. <laughs> like no. love New York so, City. <laughs> yeah, so I never want to do brunch, and that's why like, um eventually like as soon as i like get my brand up guys because <laughs> i have to do that oh, i want to do like brunch series where like i like it's a specific amount of people and you guys do the brunch shit that you want to do and i'm gonna like cook for it you don't have to fight anybody for a table you can stay there for four hours you can mm. chill like, There's this chef. He, he's a black chef. I forgot his name, but he does these really dope events for people's birthdays. Like there's a there's a space in Soho. Uh, it's like a party space, lounge space, but there's like an open kitchen in there yeah. as well. And he cooks for people and curates menus for their birthdays. And after you're done eating a nice dinner with your friends, yeah. you go immediately into dancing and listen to music. Like yeah, there's a DJ like, the whole time. Smart. I love those. Those are dope. Yeah. That like, those are the, those are the thing. Those are where like, I think the restaurant industry should go. Mm-hmm. Cause like experiences, um, experience, experiences. I love experiences. By the way, you left out the fact that you added some delicious mint in this salad. Yes. No, she absolutely said mint. Oh, I wasn't listening cause I was eating. Nope. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Experiences, I'm big on them. Um, give me an experience, like fly me to Paris and like <laughs> give me an experience over like a fucking Prada bag. <laughs> like I will take that any day. You know what I mean? Um, you know what? Like, like during the summer, like plan a picnic with me. Like let's chill in the park and right. like fucking secretly drink. Cause I've done that before, Battery Park, y'all. Like, if you guys, have, <laughs> I let me let me tell you, like, 
pro tip battery park if you go um buy that like little french italy style mall Mm -hmm. like if you go there get yourself some chocolates or some cheese a little prosciutto Mm. and then like hop onto the wine shop across from the conrad Mm. like across from the shake shack get some plastic cups from the shake shack and then sit on the grass and you're dropping gems you want to impress you want to impress your your instagram crush this summer dm her with a picture of you at battery park with the bottle of the wine and the plastic cups from Shake Shack. Mm, come, out, come through. Come through. Have some chocolate. <laughs> hit up you know Chef what I Nikki. Mean? Buy some salad. Yeah, hit up Ken. Hit me up. Some, 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 ask, some like, duck wings. We Yo, got some recommendations for y'all. I'm at the wine shop. I got some chocolates. What should I pair with it? Mm-hmm. Like, hit us up. Those are my favorite questions. Yeah. Um, also, like, if you're, like, in um, Central Park, Momofuku, like, order some fucking fried chicken and then pick that shit up and, like, go to the park and drink and like just chill that's those are like what i live for like summers in new york are fucking magical i think um Mm -hmm. i'd be out till like 6 a.m you know what i mean i party i work hard and i party hard as you should like like, (laughs) (laughs) um so like they're just fucking magical and i meet so many people and i'm usually like i'm just like usually in new york i'm like during the winter i'm just like "Eh." hibernating no, don't talk to me. You know what I mean? Because usually the people that are left over to talk to, like, you don't really want to talk to. Everybody, <laughs> everyone's already cuffed. Like, just, you know what summertime I mean? Is when, summertime is when the market opens back up. <laughs> Slowly but surely, the chains are falling off. Yeah. People so, are starting to emerge from the woodwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, um, those are the few pro tips that I will tell you. In order to, like, if you don't want to drop a lot of money at a restaurant, you don't really want to, like, fight the tourists, just, like... Be creative. Yeah, be creative. <laughs> get your little, get yourself a little knapsack, a wine cup, like... And then have a picnic in the park. Enjoy. Like, like I've literally have those have had those moments where, like, it's just, like, me and one other person in the park, and I'm, like, reading a book, and we're not talking to each other, but I'm mm-hmm. having the best time. Oh, my God, those are amazing. Yeah, like, I'm having the best time in my life. Like, experiences above all else. Well, we appreciate you coming through and bringing uh, this delicious food that has kept me quiet for about the past 20, 15, 20 minutes. Dave already left. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> I, I, I would I would dare say that you guys have not had two good meals in a row. Not even trying to toot my own. Oh yeah, Dave Dave made some great food yesterday. Yeah, Dave with, was Dave was um, Dave was Miss Marshall. Shout outs to Dave's mom, Miss Marshall. You cook? Yeah. Okay. Yes, like, I do. What's your specialty? The question that I don't like anybody asking. <laughs> right. But what's your special? What do I like? What do I like to make for myself? Yeah. <laughs> what did you make yesterday? Um, well, I made uh, I made the mac and cheese. Mm. I fried chicken. Ooh. Okay. Um, the black eyed peas. Yeah, I made oh, black eyed peas. Okay. The first time from that kind. Were they of cooked recipe. well? Black eyed peas are tricky, y'all. Nah, I mean you got to you got to take out the pressure cooker. I had to no. I had to mm. I had to I had Tell to, them, just, Dave. Had to call. <laughs> I had to call the ancients and they were just like, yo, okay, yeah. Nah. Like, yo, sometimes, sometimes you have. <laughs> no, no jokes. Nah, I had, to, I had to call like my father, like, yo, yeah. what do you do? No lie though, sometimes I'd be having moments where like I just like sit on like my floor or like I go in a corner. I'm just like, okay, I'm turning off the oven. Mm-hmm. I need to go in a corner and like. Like, I need to call upon the ancestors and ask about how to channel Senegal in this dish. That you got to get the uh, 
the uh, the Black Panther juices, like you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Just go to sleep, talk well, to the ancestors. I mean, um, no, nah, I mean you could add the Black Eyed Peas. I would be a biased or opinion if I said it from my own point of view. But I mean, y'all, yo, they were fucking <laughs> delicious. I have never. Uh, so Jamaicans don't make Black Eyed Peas. I know it's a black American, a black American dish. Um, we make black eyed peas, but we yeah. do it like, um, like rice and peas. Okay. So like, right, right, right. right. So, it. so we yeah. eat it within, but we don't do the traditional yeah. black eyed peas. So I, I remember one of my favorite movies back in the day was Crooklyn, and I remember seeing Crooklyn and the dude didn't want to eat black eyed peas. He said they were disgusting. So I never, I was like, oh, I don't want to try black eyed peas. And then I tried them maybe a year ago for the first time. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with that kid? Yeah. These are delicious. Um, so when I tasted Dave's, I thought it was his mom that cooked them. Yeah. I was like, Mrs. Oh, Marshall, like these are Dave, amazing. Look at you. you got some skills. And she was like, that's my son. My son cooked these. <laughs> and I was like, damn, son. These are, these are great. So, How about yeah. you, Nick? Do you Smoke. cook? Do you have I, any? Yeah, I love to cook. Um, I really, I, I mean, I didn't grow up. Like most of my friends eating traditional American food, because I lived with my grandma growing mm-hmm. up, so all I knew was Jamaican food. Like I was seven years old, going to school, saying like, "Damn, I wish they served chicken feet in here <laughs> and like goat." And um, yeah, I, I I know how to make Jamaican specialties for the most yeah. part really well. Um, That's like my little brother. If we like cook like a big meal, like he's like ten or eleven, and then the next day he'll make himself like his lunchbox he'll make it mm-hmm. like he doesn't do have a lunchbox but he'll make himself a lunch and then like bring that shit to school i love seeing <laughs> chefs give their kids their lunchboxes like i remember anthony bourdain on his instagram he was showing what he sent his yeah. son to school with and his he made daughter. him or his daughter rather uh he made them uh spam sushi rolls mm-hmm. like he put the seaweed over the rice with the spam in the middle and they looked just really dope and i was like yeah that's that's pretty mm-hmm. cool like what is, what is it called musumi like i think that's what they call it i love the, it. i actually like spam rice, like filipinos use a lot of spam um <sighs> spam is like in Haiti, spam and salami is like what you have in your kitchen. Like it's just there, so you the, make use. Yeah, of it. during the rough times, you got some <laughs> onions. You know, because like now people are eating spam as a delicacy. I know, as a choice. <laughs> like, make you feel. People are like motherfucker, I, I <laughs> ate that because I had to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just um, all that. If you had to eat one meal before you die, what would it be, and why? That's that specialty question again. Hate it, but you gotta answer it. Um, I, I would go like Beth Bouguignon or something. You gotta tell me what that is because I have no clue. It's like, it's beef bourguignon. So it's like um, beef cooked in red wine mm. with oh like onions. Um, and it's like mushrooms in there and that's usually comes with like some sort of like scallop or potato gratinée like super rich you know just go right. out the right way and then drink like a bottle of brandy or cognac I would definitely <laughs> down I would down a bottle of something <laughs> you do yeah. you do love your French cuisine um I do love French cuisine but I also love like or it might be goat stew cause mm. like goat stew is my favorite or like I'm Haitian. My mom's in Haiti right now, and she's like, "Do you want anything?" I'm like, "Bring me legume." What's that? Um, 
I think Jamaicans call it Kalalu. Like the, oh, the, okay, okay. Like yeah, and then we do it, and we put like um, shrimp. Like yeah, you guys make like it. a full dish out of it, right? Yeah, like we do like a full like it's like a like a braised type situation, and there's like um, there, some people do it with beef, some people with chicken or like goat or whatever, and then you put that in there, and there's like shrimp, and you eat it with white rice. And when you get rice. married, is your husband gonna have to know how to chef it down, or do you not mind if your husband doesn't know how to cook at all? Um. I mind if you don't know how to cook at all. I think everybody should know how to cook. All the, even the girls, like I'm super like feminist or whatever, but like at the same time, excuse me, during an apocalypse, like what are you gonna do for yourself? Like, right. Like <laughs> you need to know how to like, like just the basics. Like you right. don't have to know a lot. Like, plus the guys that I know know how to do like the basics. Like they know how to like fry an egg make the pasta right. you know it's one thing a lot of people <laughs> don't know how to do and you would think it's basic make rice um, yeah way. like even a like, lot of people even at oh, work like for family meal a rice came out one day and I was like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> like it had like three different textures like two different temperatures and most I was people like, add way you... too much water and I was like you guys are fucking I was gonna say that's what it is people add way too people much, add way too much water or they don't yeah. know how to fill it like I have a whole technique down to a science with my rice my white rice I could tell it in a like a and quick if minute if you don't believe in yourself it takes confidence to cook rice if so you let don't me believe t- in yourself buy a rice cooker let me tell you how I make rice and you tell me if this is any way similar to how you do it so get white rice in a in a in a pan in a uh, pot mm-hmm. and you wash it about two or three times say, if you don't start off by washing you wash it two or three times and then what I do is at the top of the rice where the rice um, ends at the pot I put my finger my fingertip at the top of it then I pour water to my first knuckle and after that I put in a little salt a little oil or butter and I cover it with aluminum foil at first then I put a top over it I let it boil up as soon as it starts to boil I turn down the heat to low and I mix it with a fork not a spoon and then I cover it back and leave it on low and every 15 minutes, I check it just to see if the current, if the uh, grains are cooked. If they're not cooked yet, I add a little bit of water and let it steam. Mm-mm. So here's where you fucked up. Car- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the rice comes out good every time, but I want to know your like, what's your method? So there's different rice, right? So different rice has different sugar content. So you got to start with that. So the rice that we cook, like jasmine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, that's so cute. You like measure. Okay. 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 <laughs> like, oh, that's how I would um, talk. So for me, like, um, basically the same process, wash the rice. Um, sometimes I don't wash the rice. It depends on the brand. What type of rice? Is yeah. It? Yeah. Um, and then you do that and then just put the water like a little above where the rice ends and then just like put that on high, let it boil, bring that down. And then you can even start by like frying, doing some like scallions and then with olive oil in the pan and just like fry that and that'll give it flavor. And like, or onions. My mother does onions. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. translucent. Yeah. Mm. So it's translucent. Put the water. Some garlic. Yeah. Um, you don't have to put garlic if you're just doing plain. Dave's like, I put garlic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then you just like put the again, put the rice in there, put it up to like where it is, and then we do foil, plastic, cover, and then oh, you do foil and plastic. Yeah. Okay. Mama said. 
that's what I'm supposed to do. She gets mad when I don't do it. Yeah, y'all get food here. Y'all get yeah. the gym you spots. Also, like cook your rice in the oven. Um, that's like a fail safe. Like it might cook be it in the little, oven. Yeah, you can you can do that in the oven. You can do it. Just if you can't, if you if your rice is not coming out great, y'all like buy a rice cooker. Y'all spoiled. Like, <laughs> Bad man do that. Bad man use rice cooker. Um, yeah. So I'm cl- um, closing up the tab. Um, definitely we appreciate you for coming out and sharing your food and your gems with us. Yeah. Um, where can when they find you on social media one more time? At Epicure Safari or at Lafi Gumand, which is L-A-F-I-L-L-E underscore G-O-U-R-M-A-N-D-E. It's it means the gourmet girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering, and then at Epicure Safari, my website is launching soon. Okay. Pop ups coming up. We will brunch be- series starting. Full on hustle, guys! Oh. Like, we'll and be- I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you this. are a friend of the Last Call Podcast. As yeah. a matter of fact, I'm gonna say it. I don't care. Best I love every guest that we've had. <laughs> this is my favorite episode we've ever done. Um, yeah. This is delicious. <laughs> it is because she fed me. Uh, and it's because she just you're just a dope you're just a dope person. Like you seem like you have a lot of a lot of promise to you. Like I do hope you get back to cooking eventually because people um, I am deserve ba- I am in cooking. To taste this. Guys, I am in cooking. Don't get it wrong. I'm right. in cooking. I'm cooking every day. Like okay. I like this is like stuff that I'm like developing for my website so I'm cooking every day but it's just that I don't want to cook in a kitchen because it becomes like here's a recipe follow it it's like it's like cook like color color by numbers that's why people don't know like that's why like family meal fucking food comes out and like some bitch doesn't know how to like cook like fucking rice because Mm -hmm. they just don't um yeah but like okay. you know what I mean so it's just I, I don't want to be do that anymore um, I keep my skills up I keep myself trained I know where I'm going and I know where I'm, what I'm trying to do with it um, but right now just you know if you have an event that you'd like to plan holla at your girl well, also like summer's coming up those summer picnic baskets I'll, I'll create them for you Ooh, are you gonna curate some picnic baskets yeah I'll curate some picnic baskets so hit your girl up you know like you you wanna propose to somebody you don't wanna be part of that like December crowd you know <laughs> Thanksgiving in December when everyone's getting engaged yes trust up. me I'm paying for so many weddings and bachelor parties no I and... send IOUs I'm just like so here's an oh, IOU my goodness this is how my big <laughs> like yeah so um, I appreciate you guys. Definitely, we'll be like, just let, let us know when you have uh, events going on. I actually demanded to be here. Dave was like, "Yeah, I'm like on a podcast," and I'm like, "Okay, what's your podcast about?" He was like, "The Last Call." That sounds like it's related to booze and alcohol, like in food. Yeah, you should have me on. And he was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." Well, that blessing, was easy. blessings for coming through and blessing us uh, yeah, with food. Um, we'll definitely keep y'all abreast of. Uh, Nikki's uh, projects and pop-ups and everything that she has going on we'll definitely promote thank you uh, thank for you coming guys. through um, closing up the tab um, I'm gonna I mean I'm not gonna make it too long because we're already kind of over the over the line but I I, I kind of wanted to jump into it earlier so I got into some I got into some some heat this weekend because I unbeknownst to me right there is the march for life this weekend yeah um, march for my coworkers were talking about I you today I did not oh, they know were? about that I my coworkers was like 
my coworker, because I was like, so, yeah. So um, before he goes into that, so I I went to a gun range this weekend. Oh. <laughs> it was my boy's birthday. Penny. Listen, it was my boy's birthday. In Philly? Um, No, in Jersey. Okay. Right across the um, George Washington Bridge. Uh, I'm not going to promote them because they ain't giving me no bread yet, but we'll work on that. <laughs> um, but no, so he wanted to go shooting guns for uh, his birthday. Mm-mm-mm. I see no problem with it, with shooting guns for, for his birthday. So I we went, right? So I'm talking to my mother as we're on the way over there. She's like, isn't a, isn't a march for for life today <laughs> like pro gun control I was like yeah, it might be I ran to Twitter yeah it definitely was uh, Was I mean it. something definitely needs to change um, absolutely something and needs to change so so here's my here was my position and can I had matter of fact Chuck I got into a good conversation with your boy Steven um, we, had, we had a lot of dialogue going back and forth uh, regarding it and my stance is this right I'm I am I mean as we've said on this show before I'm very pro gun control I believe that uh, AR-15s should be banned. They should not be allowed to be shot. You want to know why I think that? Not just because of the incidents that have happened, the numerous incidents that have happened. I've shot an AR-15, right? I've shot a Glock. I've shot a Glock nine. I've shot a Desert Eagle. The AR-15, the semi-automatic weapon, is a lot more easier to shoot and aim with from a close distance and from a further distance than a Glock 9 is, than a regular than a regular pistol. True, it is true, true. it it is it can sit on your shoulder. It could it has That's very lightweight li- too. It's very lightweight, has very little recoil, has very little back kick. It is a dangerous weapon. I know this yeah. not just from you know what I'm saying, others speaking on it. I know from personal experience. Um so my, I mean, that's my stance on it. But while it's here and you're in a gun range, I didn't see any issue or sure, any sure. problem like with it. If it's being done responsibly and you like, right. I think like anybody that like is buying a gun should sit through like a three month class. Right. Like in Germany, like in order to get a driver's license, you have to like spend to, a couple months to be like a six months to be a gun get, owner it should not be you get you apply for something and be able to get it the yeah. next day or with excuse me within three days there has to be a lot of and more barriers an limited amount in one day that should not be a thing. he just exactly. picked a hell of a day to go to the gun range though like literally the worst day eric picked the worst day of the year the worst day ever it to looked, go to a gun range incredibly tone deaf and yeah, it was like, insane. Yeah. Um, my coworkers, because we were talking about the the because uh, my whole job went to the the march on Saturday right. and they had like a big thing. So they went to the march and they were like, okay. "Can you believe like some people are there still going to gun ranges and things like that?" When this is, I was like, "My cousin went the day of." <laughs> and they were like, "What?" <laughs> they were like, "What's wrong with him?" I was like, "His his boy's birthday." They were like. That's literally a Larry David moment. Like that's literally a curb enthusiasm moment. But so here's my thing, and I wouldn't. Here's my thing is I wouldn't have gone to a march even if I didn't go to right. a, to a going. I wouldn't go to a march, and that's not because I'm. I'm saying I'm fully in support of of uh, gun control. But my thing is this. I mean, I don't want to go too far I mean, down. The, but like f- from this march, what is the change that's gonna what is the progressive change that's gonna come from this march can you tell me don't say that because why don't say, don't say that why also, what, why why can i say that marches have been marches have been going on forever they have yeah. they have never there's like been a, there's been marches for, for civil rights there's been marches for women's suffrage there's been marches um what what was the immediate march what was the immediate uh attention what was the immediate effect of the march on washington with mlk nothing was immediate but it's setting the tone of we're not standing for this shit it will be talked about 
for years on end how kids came together right they're not in five days in, in, yeah. I'm sorry in three these weeks. kids even have an in agent three weeks. In three these weeks. kids have agents now like well, now I have a whole different situation and yeah thank you <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad you said it I just find it I find it quite uh, quite hilarious but just quite like like baffling like how like the black kids who have spoken up see now not gotten the yes. same level of like exposure but these like I guess picturesque like white and Latino kids are able to mostly white and the the girl who they have in the front the front runner the girl with the shaved head she's Latino but a Latino whatever like but still like they come from what if you don't know like Douglas is in a the, the, one of the richest areas of Fort Lauderdale like it's one of the whitest <laughs> and it's like these are the people that like get to like go to these panels and speak and even we're just got like I don't even want to take away from the. I'm not. It doesn't, it doesn't take away, but no, it's just discussion, it also, it, it bro. Adds, and it adds context because it's like we're talking about a situation in which, um, like like black kids are still dying, and we have people who are who've, who've gone to those things, and they don't get the same kind of exposure. Thank you. And that's but it's my, easier for them to try to expose the kids because they're only talking about like they're really only caring about their kids. Like, and that's why I love the few, few of the speeches, especially the, the young black girl. A few of the speeches were like, "Look, look, this is great." But it's not just about gun control in here. It's mm-hmm. also about if we can control the guns of the people who are aiming them at people who look like me. Because she was very eloquent. Yeah. Yeah, very eloquent. Well, it was her. It was the other girl who threw up on stage, and there was the other girl uh-huh. who was from South Central, um, LA, who had been working with a lot of community groups who were saying like, "Yo, my people are in danger in our own neighborhoods outside of schools. Like, this is just in general." I right. mean, did you hear about this like group that's literally teaching kids in like inner cities, like in Chicago, and like. Um, LA how to treat like gun gunshots gun wounds yeah like what yeah I mean that's where we're going it's gone, like, to, it's gone so far like to the other 12, side of the extreme yeah. I'm supposed to go sit, sit in like the play, my park that's not really a park to like learn how to treat a gunshot wound with right. like things that are on me right yeah no I mean my, my thing is is if we're I, I'm not gonna be I'm with progressive change when it comes to gun control, right? Mm -hmm. But don't expect me to put more care into that when there are... There's more value being placed on guns and on the lives of dogs than there are of black men and women. Have you guys read Trevor Noah's book? No. Um, Born a Crime? Born a a Crime? Yeah, it's so good. And in one of the chapters, he talks about how during a football game, like, black people, like... In in our, like in other countries, we don't like cats. Like right. cats are bad luck. They're witches. Whatever. Like same is believed in Africa. And during a football game, a cat, like a black cat, ran into the field, and the security guard like literally maimed this fucking cat like right. in front of the public. And the white people went wild. Like they went wild. Like they were just like he should be arrested. He was charged with animal cruelty. Had to pay like an insane amount of money. And then he was like, I just find it weird how like black people were being treated basically the same way there for were people, years there were, and then no one said anything there were people on Fox News saying that Michael Vick should get the death penalty whenever the dog fighting thing happened and I love dogs I think I, yeah, what Michael Vick did was too. terrible like I don't believe in dog fighting whatsoever but to say that a dude deserves the death penalty yeah. for having a dog fighting ring 
when there are literally people getting off Scott. There are people going to Burger King after they shoot up a fucking church, not getting killed or anything, getting Burger King and special treatment because of nothing other than their skin color. Um, Yeah. It's just kind of crazy the way that uh, white America looks at animals compared to to black actually lives. humans true, true, true. humans not even black it's just humans bro so um, so i mean that's that was my take on it it was just more so like don't come for me honestly um <laughs> but uh so closing up to, and nick has now walked away yeah i know i'm trying to get back to it chuck um but yeah once again thank you for your, for your time and your voice thank you for having and me your, your your food um um closing out the tab my name's ken I'm Nick. And I'm Dave. And you uh, listen to the Last Call Podcast. Cheers. Uh-huh.